0: regularly to scheme about how to spread different creatures to their colonies and bring others back. Many of these efforts were, predictably, spectacular failures. An early shipment of camels to Australia to help travelers cross the arid interior was met with tragedy when bad weather killed all but one. That camel, named Harry, lived a life of celebrity until he accidentally killed his owner, John Horrocks, by headbutting a gun while Horrocks was cleaning it. Ostriches similarly failed to thrive there. The founders of the British Acclimatization Society, who believed that the country's growing food crisis could be solved by the introduction of exotic fish and big game, threw an enormous banquet every year from 1860 to 1865, featuring tables piled high with German boar, Syrian pig, East African eland, and Australian kangaroo. But they never successfully imported anything more impressive than the North American gray squirrel which haunts them to this day. Others were too successful. Australia was a popular place to send European species, largely because the settlers there were suspicious of the native flora and fauna and wanted to see some more familiar animals. The swans were black, the eagles white, some mammals had pockets, others laid eggs. Even the blackberries were red, complained one named Jane Martin of his time there. Members of society there brought in blackbirds, thrushes, partridges, and rabbits, the latter of which soon overran the continent. The same thing happened with opossums in New Zealand. To fix this problem, they tried bringing in weasels and stoats, which began eating birds instead of the intended target. Both countries are still dealing with the devastation caused by these decisions. The American society had its own share of victories and defeats. Chairman Eugene Schlieffen, a New York pharmacist, was both a bird fan and a Shakespeare obsessive, and he built many of the group's priorities around a single pursuit, introducing every bird mentioned by the bard into Central Park. Some, like nightingales and thrushes, died out quickly. Others flourished to the point of menace. European starlings now compete with native birds for nesting space, damage fruit trees by the millions, even occasionally ground plains. Thanks partially to these fiascos, the appeal of acclimatization slowly faded. More rigorous ecological theories replaced the spiritual and colonialist views of the natural world that had driven each society's formation. Some, like Britons, dissolved altogether, others rebranded, forgetting their border-crossing dreams and taking up mantles of conservation and game management. But one society, the original, came to a more brutal, if fitting, end. During the 1870 Siege of Paris, as the German army kept supplies from crossing into the city, most Parisians resorted to desperate measures, eating dogs, cats, horses, and even rats. Responding to the bourgeois' demand for better options, luxury chef Alexandre Etienne Charon cooked most of the animals in the zoo of the Jardin Acclamatization for Christmas dinner, serving, among other things, fried camel, kangaroo stew, and elephant soup. No one, in the end, wanted to dine on the hippo. It was a far cry from the dream of exotic game-roaming France, but the colonizers still had their beasts and ate them, too.